Albert Einstein says, everything is energy and that's all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want and you cannot help but get that reality. This week on Ivy Unleashed, we sat down with the inspiring Catherine Gagnon, a woman who absolutely blew our mind and tapped into our energy. Catherine is a health and life vitality coach, a transformational master coach, an evolved neuro-linguistic programming master practitioner, applied neurosciences practitioner, and former primary healthcare nurse practitioner. Catherine is a woman of multiple passions as a scientist, artist, lifelong learner, and a world traveler, both on the planet and the invisible world. She combines the art and science of health and wellness through transformational conversations using her unique energy equation to harmonize the mind, body, and soul connection for optimal living. She is a specialist at hearing, seeing, and feeling the emotional and physical energy leaks within people and helps them plug the leaks so they can have sustained focused energy, mental clarity, inner peace, and self-confidence. Also a chronic Lyme disease survivor, Catherine developed a rare expertise in helping people regain their life and health from Lyme through extensive teachings and coaching using a powerful natural protocol and the lifestyle and mindset habits to incorporate for an optimal healing journey. Our conversation with Catherine was one that we couldn't wait to have and one that we cannot wait for you to hear. So buckle up for this incredible conversation with the amazing Catherine Gagnon. We are Gold Ivy, a health company dedicated to simplifying health and wellness. The industry is lacking the honest experience and grit required to overcome the struggle. And we're here to fill that gap. You decide what works for your daily life and how to transform our lessons into your gold. Join us on the fearless pursuit of self-discovery and growth. This is Ivy Unleashed, a Gold Ivy production. Welcome back to Ivy Unleashed. We have a guest today that is going to blow your mind. Yes. We are diving into a topic that we haven't covered yet, and it's something that everyone wants more of. Yes, we are so intrigued with your approach to energy and the idea of energy leaks and so much more. So first of all, Catherine, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I am so thrilled to be here and and for some reason had a surge in energy this morning being like, yeah. <laughs> that's what we need. So oh, I love that. Well, that's awesome. So can you tell us more about how you got interested in the bridge between science and spirituality and more about the work you do as a health and vitality coach? Ooh, that is such a great question. So <clears throat> I've always been a, a woman of multiple passions and I come from the medical world of being a nurse practitioner. So I have a very scientific mind and I loved understanding how things work in the body and things like that. I was always very attracted to the mystique and the spiritual side of things. And for such a long time in my life, I felt this dichotomy of who am I? Am I this scientific person, you know, very rational, logistic, or am I this kind of more woo person and believing in the invisible? Um, back home in Canada, when I was younger, there was this ad for mini wheat cereals. And the mini wheat was, you remember, the, it's that, that little square thing, which, and mini wheat was unsure of his identity. And he was like, am I the serious whole wheat uh, piece? Or am I the funny sugary part? And the narrator <laughs> would say, mini wheat, you're all of these things. And I was like, Yes, I can be all of these things because sometimes science and spirituality does not mix very well or, or seemingly doesn't mix very well. And I think that through my studies in neurosciences and in, in transformational coaching, I've seen how science is now explaining how spirituality works. It's not just magic woo things that we don't see. And I, I think we live in this fascinating era of being able to witness that that bridge being translated into language that we can understand even if we can't see it. That leads to the work that I do as a health and wellness coach. So like I said, I came from the medical world as a nurse practitioner. And gosh, I, for, for the longest time I remember being a nurse and a nurse practitioner, I remember thinking to myself, wow, medicine has separated the body and the mind. And that was a big mistake in my view because... I had this 
this reputation of making people cry for the good reasons. So people would sit in my office at says a nurse practitioner and I'd ask them the questions that I needed to ask to make a diagnosis. But then we'd talk about the real thing. And I'd just ask the question. The person would start crying. And then we'd talk about the meaning of events in their life and their, their emotions and their griefs. And, and that's when the healing would start. And I thought, wow, there's something more to this. And I want to learn this because it's not in any medical guidelines or in any prescription that I could have written, right? Because the true healing was really starting. I mean, I have multiple examples of that working in ER or with native people or as a nurse practitioner. So I, um, I thought, okay, I love helping people becoming the best version of themselves. And I love helping them be motivated to take care of that body, which is their, their vessel that is transporting their soul, transporting their gifts and the uniqueness of them. But when they're not feeling good in their body, you know, when, you, when they got pain or fatigue or illnesses, they're so busy trying to survive or be in that body that they're not thriving. And so I wanted some more tools to help people thrive and, and have this amazing life that we all have a right to, I, I believe, uh, when, we, when we come into this world. So one of the first things that I, I did as a, as a health coach was to help people who are tired of feeling tired get more energy. Because I've always been someone with a lot of energy, but I was burning the candles by both ends in my 20s. And um, in my 30s, I had a very severe illness, Lyme disease that you know, just cut any supply of energy that I had. And I felt horrible. So through the healing of that illness, I was like, wow, energy matters so much. Because when you feel good, you do good. And so when I coach uh, people, it's, I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna go through some of these details in this episode, but uh, it's really to, to help them regain this sustained focused energy that you know, they're not crashing at the end of their day. They, they have this energy to, to work and do other things and do, pas- do their passions and, and do the things that light them up like a Christmas tree and be with their favorite people and realize their wildest dreams. And I'm like, wow, well, imagine what kind of world we would live in if everybody was living like that on fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a good point. And you're a perfect example of someone that's done that where you had the calling of, I'm kind of made for more than this, which being a nurse practitioner is an awesome job. And a lot of people strive to become a nurse practitioner. And once they get there, it's like the end all be all. But you were like, wait, there's actually more here that's calling me. And then now you can be an example for your clients of I'm on fire because I listened to that, that want for more. And also knew what it was like to not have the energy and how important it is. I think a lot of times we don't realize how much something means to us or how important it is until we don't have it, like the energy. And now that you, you've gotten it back and you've went through that hell of getting it back, you can say, hey, I know how to do this and here's how. So I would love for you to dive into your approach when you just start talking to someone about energy. This whole holistic approach of the mind and the body. And when you don't have your physical health, you can't really have your mental health. They go hand in hand. So I would love to hear how that work begins. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's different for everybody. But what I've learned about myself, you know, it's that I've always been such a sensitive person that I would sense, you know, if I go into the a room and somebody has been you know, fighting with someone else, or they've been making love, I could sense that. And for the longest time, this gift, I could, I didn't know how to use it. I I was turning it against me. If if I was in a conversation with someone and, and the energy of the conversation would take a dump, I would think it's my fault. So when I became a coach, I developed the sensitivity that I have and made it a, and I, I kind of found the gift of that. So when I work with somebody, I can actually hear and feel and see uh, their energy leaks. So I can, I, I can feel here and see their strengths and their weaknesses. But I like to work with an equation. So here's where the science and the <laughs> spirituality comes through. It's one day, I was on my bike thinking, what is it that I do? Like, how is it that I'm able to put this together uh, with people, you know, and it came to me in a mathematical equation, you know, so that's the scientific part of it. And so for everybody, 
there are ways to generate energy in your body, like nutrition, exercise, sleep, in your mind, like being in coherence, in alignment, um, meditating, having, you know, nourishing relationships, feeling on purpose, all sorts of things like that. So I was like, okay, you got to generate energy and then you got to invest it well. So I add this. So generate an energy plus strategic investment of energy and energy is like money. Uh, you know, you want to invest it in such a way that you have a bigger return on investment, right? So think about when you're feeling down and not really upbeat and you, you want to have a coffee chat with your best friend and you came out of there like, woohoo, lighter than, you know, lighter than air and just so energized because the return on investment of the time that you invested with your friend was bigger. So you had more energy out of it. And hopefully your friend is also lit up and not... <laughs> <laughs> empty but that's another that's another topic so generate energy plus investing it strategically that so that you have a return on energy and then divide that by the energy leaks and that's why it's a division in the mathematical equation because it, it has such a big impact and this is where you know when I work with my clients we spend sometimes setting healthy habits and finding the right foods that give them energy and, and setting the habits of exercise and sleep because we all know we should do it, but we don't always do it. So that's why having a coach is so important and finding where to invest it strategically is not very hard. But the biggest amount of work is done in plugging the energy leaks and what these energy leaks look like. First of all, in the body, it's anytime you have pain. Think about the last time you had a big headache. You know, how much energy do you have? Not much. Immunity. So oftentimes people will eat some things or have immune reactions and they're not even aware of that. So there's ways to find that out. Uh, bad habits, unhealthy foods, substance use, whether it's cigarette or alcohol, these are all energy leaks in the body. Those are pretty straightforward to plug, if, if you wish. It's just to, you know, evaluate and then, and then course correct. But then you have the big energy leaks of the mind. And these are things like saying yes to something or some people when your heart says no. It's stepping on your truth, right? It's, you know, not expressing your needs, feeling obligated to do something. Oh, I have to do that. You know, every time you hear yourself say, I have to do this. I should do this. I need to do this. That's like, it squishes your, your mind energy because... It's, it's, it's a very contractive energy. It's not an expensive energy. Any guilt or fear or anger or sadness or self-doubt or shame. And a lot of this come from our relationships, you know, having resentment from a long time ago. This person did this to me and I still feel a victim of that. That's a huge energy leak. Or uh, I feel so guilty because of something that happened or I, I, I said this to someone and then you're mulling over this for days and weeks and months and years. This is a huge energy leak. Self-judgment. A lot of us are very severe with ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, lack of self-confidence. So all of these things, if you, after this episode, I would encourage you to the listeners and, and both of you to just hear when people speak. When you listen with an, uh, you know, a, an observing, a loving observing ear, just listen to what people are saying. Oh, I'm such a dumbass for doing this. Wait, let's be gentle with yourself. Oh, I should have done this. Really? How about that was the best that you could do in the, in the circumstance with the resources you had at hand? So I invite you to just listen. Because when we listen more deeply, these things they become so obvious. Yeah, so that's kind of how I, I, I work. And I built this equation to make it a tangible blueprint to work with. So whenever I work with my clients, I take notes of all these things. And then I, after our work together, I give them their blueprints. So here are your energy leaks. So, you know, be mindful of these. Here are the best ways that you generate energy. And here's their, your best strategic investment of energy. So I love that. Having the, a in, plan. That's Brilliant. Because sometimes that, that's what people need. They need to see it. Yes. And also bringing it into awareness. Like this concept of energy leaks. I don't know about those listening, but I've never heard of it. And it's and it makes so much sense. It's these things that we do every day, all day. A lot of things, the way we talk to ourselves, these self-limiting beliefs that it's just so 
it's on um, like autopilot, right? Mm -hmm. We don't think about it. We just do it. And so that first step is just being aware of it and having a coach, that outside perspective to say, this is how you're talking to yourself. This is how it's affecting your energy. And then you can start being like, oh yeah, I see that. It's it's the same thing with healthy habits. It's bringing it into awareness, yeah. knowing what you need to do and having this blueprint is such a beautiful and idea. And it's a different blueprint. It's not like drink X amount of water. It's, yeah. like, it's like this conversation that a lot of times we don't address. And I think, like you said, sometimes you can hear it in other people, but you don't think about what am I saying mm -hmm. up here to myself and the self-judgment? For me, it's brutal Yeah, and I'm working on it. But I do think, like you said, that loving, observing, being gentle with yourself. Being gentle with yourself. How do you, as a client, how do they flip that narrative in their head? Like, What does that work look like? Because I love the idea of it, but it's easier said than done. Absolutely. And thank you for that question. And you're right. Awareness is the first step. Totally. And most of these things are subconscious. So they are, they're outside of our awareness. So having somebody who can, in, in a non-judgmental way, just point these out to you and be like, hey, you notice this is something that you say. So some of the first things that I have my clients do is when they hear themselves talk about something they no longer want in their life, talk about it in the past. Because if you talk about it in the present, your nervous system will re-download it as if it's happening again, and it'll crystallize again the experience in your body. So sometimes people are like, well, I'm tired. How else do you want me to say it? Well, you can say, you know, the past is one second ago, and each moment is a brand new moment where you get to create something new. So how about say up until now, you have been feeling tired, not not, you're not tired. That's not your identity. So we talk about it in the past and we dissociate the identity of it anytime you say i am by definition you're talking about your identity and your subconscious will never want to let go anything that's bound to your identity because it's who you are or so it thinks mm -hmm. so you are not tired you know you are feeling tired or up until now you've been feeling tired so this is kind of a little bit of a some friends call me the language police <laughs> but it's a, but it's a loving police, you know? And so that's the first step so that the person in their daily living can catch themselves. And the more, you know, in our sessions, you know, I will catch them or, or you know, make them notice, the more they'll, they'll be able to be self-reliant to do this. And then the other thing is to, to go to the source of self-limiting beliefs. And this is where um, advanced coaching is really helpful to, to reprogram self-limiting belief. Most of them have been imprinted in the early stages of life, most of them before the age of five. And so I, you know, I just use a plethora of techniques to bring this person back to the moment where the self-limiting belief was imprinted the first time without them having to relive the trauma, which is important. And then they gather it from a loving observer. They gather the lessons and the learnings from a loving observer. And then they find a different meaning in that, you know, in that event where that initial event started. And what it does is it reshapes all the other events in their life. It's like a guest doll, like a, a pearl necklace. Because you've changed this one source pearl, all of the other events in their life, even though they're the events themselves won't change. The meaning that they were giving to the event and to themselves, you know, the person will have changed quite significantly and they will let go of that burden and that big, big energy leak. Most of it comes from our programming and then the meaning that we give to the events. And that's what creates or doesn't create an energy leak. Does that make sense? Totally. It's this idea of you have control and here's how mm -hmm. changing the meaning and switching that narrative in your head of you have the control of what you give meaning to and how you perceive it doesn't mean that this event didn't suck, but what did you learn from it? What actually happened and how can you approach it? I love the idea too of not reliving the trauma. I think a lot of times in therapy too, when we've talked about our childhood and these moments that have been imprinted on us that we didn't get to choose and they suck, but now looking back in a different perspective, I can see doing this work myself, how 
my thoughts are changing and how I'm able to correct myself. So in the moment, I might be saying these things, but I'm aware of them. And from this loving, objective perspective, I can then, nope, we're going to say this because what we tell our brains, they're going to think the reticular activation center is actually a part in your brain that filters through what you tell it is what it believes. And so it's, that's the power of affirmations. So I, I just, I love hearing things that I'm learning, but in a different way that then it just makes sense. And it's these tangible things that you can do to grow into a more loving and wholesome self. And getting it back to energy, mm-hmm. it's removing that leak or being aware of that leak so that it doesn't deplete you all the time. I like to think too how it plays into how you talk to yourself, you know, and how if you can let that go, like what does that even mean for your new identity, this new conversation you have with yourself? So what have you seen with your clients in that shift? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. I love that you talked about the reticular activating system. And, the, you know, this is where the, the bridge between science and spirituality, totally. Uh, so to answer your, your question about the shift in, in my clients is they, all of a sudden, they, be, they become able to catch themselves in situations, but also act differently without having to remember to be different, right? So this is the thing of like, oh my gosh, in the past, I would have been in this kind of situation and I would have uh, not stated my needs or I would have, you know, I have this client who was not able to say no or, or, or state her needs. And uh, it was, you know, it comes out into what seems to be silly situations, but really they're very important. It was this example, she was going to this restaurant. Every time she'd ask for no chicken on her, sa- on her salad, they would put chicken. And she was not able to speak up for herself. And the idea of speaking up for herself was actually very scary and was bringing her to tears. And then we kind of went to that root cause and and transformed uh, how this was imprinted in her nervous system so that the next time she was at that restaurant, well, for some reason, for the first time, they actually listened to her. So I was like, (laughs) well, maybe you that energetic vibration but she's been able to express herself without feeling that physical activation of oh I'm gonna cry I'm gonna crumble in front of everybody it's gonna be so much shameful no she's been able to state her needs and she was like wow I don't even know how I did this but I did it so it's just it, it becomes it becomes who you are because that feels so much better than the you know the, the previous behavior or state that the person was in regarding to that so pretty awesome work. I'm like, wow, there's no prescription I could have ever written that would be this powerful. So I feel like with this work, it just helps you build your self-confidence too. Is that something that you've seen in your clients? Kind of this idea, this shift in confidence, but also inner peace? Absolutely. And, and you hit the nail on the, on the head because with greater confidence, comes inner peace, but the other piece with it is self, uh, self-esteem, self feeling worthy. So feeling worthy of things that you want in your life, um, whether it's respect from other people, whether it's what you you want to create in your career, or if you want to you know improve your material possessions, whatever it is, but feeling worthy and having the confidence to walk in the world, knowing that you are worthy to receive that. And then that brings a lot of inner peace. You know, I often pro- portray inner peace as it's the peace between your head and your heart. There's nothing worse than the war going on between your head and your heart. It, because it, it's, it's, an, it's a never-ending war. It, it'll, it'll never end until they can both understand each other and uh, end the war to be at peace. And then when you're at peace and your head and your heart is aligned, everything expands from there, right? So, and what does that look like in tangible words for, you know, inner peace? Let's say someone is in um, a relationship that no longer serves them, but they are not feeling worthy of having something better. And they're not nearly confident that they could end the relationship and, and walk out of this, you know, undamaged. And, but so there's a war between their heart their heart is saying, I can't do this anymore. But the head is like, yeah, but, you know, what are our friends going to say? And am I going to be uh, broke in the street? No money. You know, there's all these things. So th- there's a lot of 
energy leaks going on through this. When the person realizes, oh my gosh, I am worthy of having the relationship that is right for me. And we, you know, once we address the big monster of what that could look like, because it's, you know, it's like the boogeyman in the closet, you know, knocking, 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 and then you open it and it's like a little ant on the floor, <laughs> right? So but until you've opened it, it's this great big thing. So the, the fears, fears are there as a, um, as a compass. And I, I often tell people just go to, to be loving to your child who's afraid and go with your child, open that closet and meet that boogeyman. Cause that boogeyman, there's a great chance that it's got a gift for you and it's got a message for you. And when they do that and they're like, oh my goodness, they've confronted their fears it brings such a big sense of confidence and, and, and they understand that, wow, all of a sudden things are, things that seem impossible are now possible. And just to, you know, continue with that example of um, ending a relationship. I've had a client who ended her relationship the most beautiful way she could have ever imagined because she was intentional and she reconciled the head and the heart and she walked in or out of it very confident and, you know, they're great friends and their friends are not feeling any loyalty conflict and she's building the life of her dream. And um, it, yeah, it's a, it was a breakup. It was sad. You know, they had, she had to grieve the good moments, but man, she's like, I would have never been able to do that in the past. And she's feeling a lot of inner peace and alignment with that. So that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I think when I, when I think of, this war, right, between a fighting for this peace, my, my head and my heart, I think of the one thing that really, really stops that from happening are self-limiting beliefs. So, Catherine, I'm curious your view on like, what are they? Why do they happen? And I know, you know, you say be the energy you want to attract. How do we be that energy when our, our brain is just holding on to these self-limiting beliefs so there's some um state hacks that you can that you can take but the first step you've said it earlier is awareness is 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 being aware that and it's not easy because self-limiting beliefs most of them are subconscious until mm -hmm. you realize that oh i'm limiting myself so i tell my clients go into your body whenever you're facing a situation or you're saying something about yourself or a situation and just feel into your body. Does that energy feels contractive? Like it wants to close off on you or it gives you a knot in the stomach? Or does that statement or energy feels expansive and, and that you're, ah, look, you know, going for something great. So self-limiting beliefs most likely will feel very contractive. So that's a way of, of getting awareness uh, quicker. If in the moment, let's say the person is, is realizing this and we're not in a coaching session where we can rewire the source of the limiting belief because, you know, it takes a little bit of time. Um, I give them some, some hacks to change their state. So a, a self-limiting belief is really a, an unresourceful state. One of our, my mentor, Nirka, to, to whom I'm very grateful for everything I've learned in NLP, says there is no unresourceful people. There are only unresourceful states. And it's as easy as just changing your state in that moment. So let's say I'm hearing myself, oh man, I'm not able to do this. You know, this sucks and I, I won't succeed or, you know, how do I know this is even going to work? And I'm like, wait a minute, why do I even put this cap on myself? No, no, no. So I'm going to tell them to go into a rampage. If you guys know about Abraham Hicks. Mm -mm, you, no. You, oh, my goodness. Abraham Hicks. Uh, it's, it's a lady through whom this being called Abraham is speaking. And there, she's got a lot of videos on YouTube and recordings and amazing stuff. So she goes into this rampage of like, okay, well, if you want to manifest something and you want to change your state, talk about it as, it's, as if it's already there. And then 
you change your state by going, okay, I know I'm fully capable of this. I have evidence in my life that I've been able to surmount bigger problems or, or, or climb bigger mountains than, than, than this. And even though I don't already, even though I don't necessarily know the way, the path is coming to me and I can feel it and it feels so good. And I know I can do this. And you go on this rampage like this for 66 seconds and it sends your nervous system into full forward motion in like, oh yeah, I can do this and let's do it. And what you did in that moment, you just changed your state. You, you changed your state from something that was very constrictive of like, oh, I can't do this and blah, 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 to, oh my gosh, I can do this. So when you go into this rampage, you can hear if there are other fears and limiting beliefs that come through. And you can even take notes of them so that, you know, it's that awareness. And then we can uh, rewire these self-limiting beliefs or you do just a rampage about these ones too, right? So it's whatever you peel in the onion is the next layer that comes that comes through. So that's kind of a hack in, in state that um, I like to teach people. Is it true that even if we don't believe the things we're saying, it's still powerful and it can still work? We can trick our brain into believing these things? Yes, and that's a great question because it's it's that saying of fake it till you make it. So the most important thing is about going into your senses. And this is a lot of what we do in, in NLP, in neurolinguistic programming. That technique was developed on modeling um, successful behaviors. And modeling successful behaviors, even if someone has never experienced that, that person could model what it looks like through the eyes of somebody else. So it's like, well... Let's say you want to have success. I don't know. I'm just, let's say you want to be someone who's successful, like uh, Richard Branson, whomever. And then for a second, I teach my clients, okay, so go into this person's body. Like it's like you're, you're, you're entering their body and you're seeing through their eyes and hearing through their ears and just kind of be with this person for a moment and, and notice what this person is, is hearing and feeling and seeing and what their thoughts are, what they're telling themselves. And then you bring this back to yourself. Uh, so that's one way of, of modeling successful behavior. If someone has never experienced success in that area that they wanted, you know, they want to achieve. And this state hack that I was talking to you about, it's the more you go into your senses, it's like, oh, you know, um, let's say someone wants to travel to Hawaii or something. And it's like, well, see the beach, you know, see the ocean and hear the waves and smell the salt and feel the sand, you know, under your feet. And just know that it is already accomplished because any creation is accomplished twice. First, it's accomplished in your mind. And then second, it's accomplished in the material world. And that, that, that's actually um, how I've manifested bringing back my muscles after I was sick with Lyme disease. One of the most distressing thing when I was sick was to, one, have no energy, but two, have lost all of my muscles, which I need to fly hang gliders. That's my absolute passion. And I remember being so sick, but I would envision myself on launch, holding my hang glider and feeling my muscles work properly and feeling them strong in my body, feeling myself lifting an object, even though I was not lifting it. And that's how I regained 80% of my normal in four months, which is unheard of for a chronic Lyme disease survivor. Um, so your body actually hears whatever your mind suggests to your body, you can make physical progress even without lifting a thing. And that's been studied in, in neuroscience's studies pretty amazing so fake it till you make it it works but you gotta you gotta really feel in your senses i love that idea it's taking visualization one step further i think like not only are you seeing it but you're feeling it and the the modeling too i've never heard of that but i love that i think when it comes to modeling successful behavior or just people i think okay what habits do they have like what does their daily routine look like no, no, no. Like, what are they feeling? What are they hearing? And just giving off that vibration and feeling that energy. Yeah. I like it. I, when you're talking like this, I keep thinking about, you know, what am I capable of? Mm -hmm. What am I capable of creating? What am I capable of believing? What am I capable of seeing? And 
as a coach, you know, and you know, it's so hard to get someone to believe that they're capable of more or want them to want more for themselves because it's easy to be complacent and Mm -hmm. not active or not chase your dreams. It is easy. And you want them to feel what you're feeling. You know, we've all chased that dream or listened to that voice or are becoming this better version or growing and Mm -hmm. we know how good it feels. And so sometimes it's hard to want that for people or to, to explain to them, you know, you are capable of so much more without making them feel like they're not doing enough. So Mm -hmm. how do you balance that of making someone feel like you could be doing so much more, but also that like self-acceptance balance? Oh, I love this question. This is so Amazing. You know, uh, as a nurse practitioner with this, all the background in, in, you know, nursing that I've had, I felt so much resentment for wanting it more than the person themselves. And oftentimes it comes with family. You know, we all have this uncle or grandpa or aunt or even mother or father who's not taking appropriately care of themselves. And we just like, oh, can you just take care of yourself? And I want you to be healthy. But here's the thing. When people are choosing complacency or the easy way or procrastination, it is serving them in one way. And before they can let go of that, they need to know and acknowledge that this has been a solution to a past problem that they had. Otherwise, it would not be there. Nothing in the universe that is unuseful is, is nothing is maintained that is unuseful. So let's say, for example, um, last week I was working with a gentleman who wanted to quit smoking. I was like, well, you know, even though cognitively you know that smoking is bad for you, it's been with you. It's been a companion for you for all of these lives. So we need to acknowledge what it's brought into your life positively. And then what we do is find the highest positive intention of that. So he didn't know that when he was smoking, he was calming his nerves that it would lead to him for him to be more productive and accomplish, you know, his dreams and, and feeling happy and peaceful. So when people realize the highest positive intention of what something has brought them, and then they realize that, oh, being complacent or eating unwell or smoking, this was just one strategy to get there. But the, there are infinite other strategies. You just hadn't found another strategy. It's like, If you knew that, you know, when you're driving to work, I know these days we're not driving so much, but if you knew that instead of taking you 30 minutes, it could take you 10 minutes, would you want to know that shortcut? Of course you would. So that's when they realize, oh, the need, the underlying need, you know, to calm my my nerves and to feel productive and accomplished, the need is relevant. All of that is good. All you got to do is... know that there are infinite other possibilities that you can get there. So that's one way that they're like, oh, now I'm not feeling so trapped into repeating the same behavior because I knew that it was working. And the other way to hook them up to a motivation that I find that I, I say is, is intrinsic, it's the, mo- the motivation that is moving away from something versus a motivation that is moving forward to, towards something. I give an example of you know how many patients I've had who had a heart attack and then they stopped smoking and they, you know, cause they were so afraid of having another heart attack. So this was a motivation of moving af- away from the possibility of having another, you know, heart issue. But when it's been four months, six months, eight months, and, and they know that, you know, they're living through this, ah, a little cigarette, a little puff here and there, that motivation was not sustainable because it was a motivation that was moving them away from something. The, uh, so the motivation that'll, hook people to something you know we call this your why Mm -hmm. you know why would you want to be alive why would you want to be healthy and and to discover what's important about you know what being healthy is going to bring them and what is it going to open up for them and what's important about that and um not say well i won't be this no i won't be tired that's a moving away from something what is moving you forward so if you're not tired what is it going to be instead well i'm going to have energy to you know, to finish my instructor course. And then what's going to, what is that going to bring you? Well, I'll be able to instruct, you know, students and feel so good and accomplished. Yes. So that is the motivation that moves you forward. And that is kind of an endless motivation. So that's how you hook people to 
what's important for them. And for some people, I've heard, oh my gosh, I've heard uh, a client of mine who was saying, well, I did some coaching before. And, you know, the thing I wanted to achieve, my coach was saying, no, it's not big enough. It's like, you should want more. You should want this big thing. And it's like, no, whatever is important to people, like for this person, what was important to her is that she has a, um, a healthy united family where the, you know, everybody is able to speak their truth and there's loving behaviors towards another, each one another. And this was what was so important for her because that was what made her feel so accomplished and, and like her purpose was been fulfilled. So it's like, yeah, you go with what's important for people and you can't go wrong and you can't decide for somebody else what's important to them. That's a great point. And a good reminder as a coach, because sometimes you, you know, your own personal goals play into, you know, if I'm focusing on self-acceptance or mm-hmm. if I'm focusing on marathon training or whatever it may be, I notice that I'll be asking more questions about it naturally because yeah. it's something I'm thinking about all the time. But it is such a good reminder. Like, this is your journey. This is your life. You know, what do you want? Even if it feels too small or too big, it's relevant. And if you if you keep pushing it away and pushing it, like, it's not going to go away. It's going to keep nagging at you. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have those desires that are easy to push down or push away. And I love kind of how you're talking through different ways to make it more of a positive approach. Like, what would this bring you? Even in the smallest form, what would it bring you that's more of a positive thing than pushing away? I love that. I think, too, this idea of knowing what we have to do, but it's so hard and connecting to this why. And then we we get in a good a good place. We're making these changes, right? Like, we're connected with our why. And then we self-sabotage. And so I want to pick your brain about self-sabotage and why you think we do it when we know that these things are good for us and they're filling us up and then these self-limiting beliefs come in and then we just self-sabotage ourselves like why oh my goodness such an amazing question and we've all done it right we've all moved towards some goals and and then did something horrific that uh, just oh my gosh (laughs) you know now I'm so far away so what happens when you start changing when you start adopting healthy behaviors and eating better and and sleeping better and and losing the weight or having more energy and now you have this energy to put towards your project your passion that you've been putting you know aside for 10 20 years part of it feels very exciting and part of it feels very scary because it's very unfamiliar so why we sabotage is because we have three brains that are not aligned with each other so if I could make a, a quick, <laughs> a, a quick um, <laughs> story. So we have our oldest brain, which is the reptilian brain, which is the one that's responsible for your survival. It's the one that you walk in the forest, you see a stick on the ground, and the first image you'll see is a snake, right? Because that's the brain that wires you for quick response. So that's a reptilian brain. And then on top of this one, we got the limbic brain, which is the emotions. That's when you know, cavemen, instead of talking to each other by hitting each other on the head with their stick, they actually started to communicate and, and even feel into, oh, this person has a, a, a spirit and a life that's different than, than me. You know, they have their own identity. And the, the limbic is, is very much about all the emotions, felt, unfelt, um, said, unsaid. And then the newest uh, layer is the cortex, which is only 30,000 years old, uh, young. <laughs> and the cortex is the highest, you know, executive judgment. It's, oh, I want to accomplish these dreams and I want to be healthy and I want to do this and I want to do that. So when this one is starting to lead the pack, okay, we're going to eat this and we're going to exercise this and we're going to say no to this and, you know, express our truth. And then the cortex is like, woohoo, all excited. And the reptilian brain doesn't like it because it's unfamiliar. The reptilian brain wants the groundhog day, wants to repeat the <laughs> same thing you did yesterday that kept you alive. So the cortex is moving along. The reptilian brain is like, meh, meh, not liking this. Meh, meh. And then the reptilian brain just goes, Prah! and so it hits the alarm that you know stops the whole system. The cortex is like, dude, 
what's up with you? Why are you such a pussy? Like, come on, we were just right there. <laughs> and, oh my gosh, you're making us fail and sabotage. And Reptilian's like, now this is a threat to our survival. And in the meantime, the limbic system in the middle is like, you know, stuck in between the war. He's like, you guys, you know, you got to talk to each other better than this and reserve this because resolve, resolve this because I'm going to quit on you. <laughs> right? So, so you have this war happening between the three brains and that's when sabotage happens. And a great example of that is, is let's say somebody who's been trying to lose weight for such a long time and she finds a new method and I'm saying she, you know, could be a he... But let's, let's use a woman, for example. She finds a new method and she's actually succeeding into the equation. But now her identity has changed and she no longer can hang out with her group of friends who have been overweight and trying to lose weight forever. And she feels like she's going to lose, subconsciously, of course, she feels like she's going to lose her belonging to this group. And subconsciously, She's going to do something to sabotage to come back to this group. And I see it didn't work. And so I'm still like you. Because we have three emotional human needs that are absolutely essential. And if one of them is, is threatened, that's when self-sabotage is going to happen. It is love, safety, and belonging. If one of these three are threatened, which they will by changing something in our life that by definition changes our habits and changes our identity, it'll pull us back into self-sabotage. So the question is, how do we overcome that? Right? Yep. <laughs> um, well, the self-sabotage has a reason behind it. It's oftentimes there to protect us, uh, to protect us from loss of love, loss of security, loss of belonging. And this is where having a coach is so crucial to overcome these sabotages. I have clients who've been trying things forever to lose weight, to have, you know, to, to eat better, to not be such people pleasers and things like that. But whenever they hit this wall, they were never able to break through. And that's where having a coach is so helpful to identify what is the positive intention of the sabotage? What is it trying to do? Oh, it's trying to protect me from conflict with my loved ones. Yeah, right? And because you don't want conflict with your loved ones, you you keep saying yes to them, even though in your heart it says no. Oh, yes. Okay. So what we do is we we acknowledge the part of them that's been doing such a good job up until then to protect these three things, love, safety, and belonging. And we're just offering that part of them an upgrade <laughs> into the software, if you wish, and offering new strategies to fulfill that same positive intention. So we want to recognize, oh, yeah, this is useful in my life. I want to keep, you know, not being in conflict with my loved ones. All right. So that strategy that used to work of putting their needs before yours, that was just one strategy. What if we could offer this part of you that's been doing such a good job and who wants for you to have this connection with your loved one? We're just offering them a new strategy. So we're just giving it a promotion, basically, <laughs> with a new, uh, a new way to fulfill their positive intention. Would that be okay? Yeah, nice. So now we can explore different strategies to get to that same or to conserve that same positive intention but not leak this energy so much and actually be able to stay true to themselves. And the, and the truth is when we start to change, we become a model, an example for other people to do it too. And I tell my people, my clients, when you start changing, you become unpredictable for the people around you. They want the old version of you because that's what they were familiar with. Mm -hmm. So they might be, you know, upset or grumbly or, or, you know, tell you stuff you don't like. But know that by you sticking in your track, you're giving also a permission and a model to them for, for upping their game, for being also the best version of themselves. So if you can stand that little kind of transition phase and know that it's in, you know, all good and in love, and you might end up in a very different place, both of you, that feels a lot more empowering to both of you. So, I love the idea of looking at it in, in the lens of a positive versus a negative, right? This motivation towards something and not away. 
it, it goes back to your idea of energy. And when I think of, okay, I'm doing this to stop a behavior, I feel that constricting, right? That self-sabotage. But if I'm doing something, it's a new way, it's a new strategy towards something that's bringing me greater good. It's, it's almost like I feel and I see that energy opening versus contracting. So just another way of yeah. kind of feeling that energy in your body of, oh, this feels good. Okay, this is new. This is exciting. It's scary. I'm acknowledging the fact that it's scary because I haven't been here before, but I know the reason that I'm doing it is getting me to feel what I need. Yeah. So and it's that a, awareness. And it's a practice. Mm-hmm. And I think the more you practice doing those uncomfortable things, we just recorded on this a couple of days ago, where the more you practice being uncomfortable with something that you know will create good you get used to that uncomfortable feeling because you know what it is. You know it's that sense of belonging is like, I might lose a friend and it doesn't feel good or it might get uncomfortable with them for a hot minute or whatever. But if you can tell yourself through this uncomfortable feeling, I'm going to gain confidence. I'm going to gain new skills that will flourish into other aspects of my daily routine. I think just reminding yourself when you feel that craving of like, I got to sabotage this. This feels Mm -hmm. so uncomfortable. It's just that uncomfort is growing. It's growth. It's learning. It's something that's going to propel you forward. Absolutely. And that's why I say lean into your fears like it's a compass. And it's not easy to do that. But I tell people, would you rather stay uncomfortable and not say your truth and leak your energy forever and ever? What if you were to know that you die in three months? Would you continue spending your life doing that? Or would you do the brave stuff that in the end, once you've addressed it and, and you talk to the person and, and all of a sudden this person is opening up to you because you open up to them is the power of vulnerability that Bernie Brown talks about, right? It's the hardest thing to do, but one of the most rewarding thing to do in relationships because then you realize, oh, the other person is, is a human being just like me. They have their feelings and I'm just expressing myself being heard and I'm hearing this other the other person as well and now we have a connection that's even richer than before what if I hadn't done that brave leap we wouldn't have access to that right so it's almost like talking to your future self after the conversation right and and seeing your future self being you know happy and confident and so relieved that you actually talked about it and stated the elephant in the room so it's like your future self can tell you, come on, just do it. You'll be happy you did it, right? <laughs> yeah. And and to your point earlier when you'd mentioned talking to yourself, like your inner child and bringing with, with you and kind of guiding, I think of that middle brain who is conflicted with, you know, the, oh, do it, it's scary, or no, this is protecting me. Ah, I don't know. Like, let's just get along. I think coming at it and in a way of like, this is why I'm feeling this way. Okay, this is okay. What do I need? What's protected? And that compassionate voice, the way you would talk to your friends, just talking to yourself that way is powerful of, we're going to do something hard and it's going to be scary, but we're going to be okay. And how you talk to yourself, going back to these self-limiting beliefs of switching it to a compassionate tone and actually talking yourself through it is really powerful. Yeah, I love that. And also using the what ifs, because Mm. we get to manage whatever we expect from life. This is what we get. So if we expect it to be hard and difficult, it most likely will be hard and difficult. So we say to I say to my clients, you know, talk yourself in the what if. What if it was easier than you thought? What if by opening up, you're you're going to also liberate this person that you had no idea they were imprisoned by their own emotions? You know, what if this is going to open you up to such a bigger world and more nourishing relationship that you could ever think about? You know, yes, you're feeling scared and, you know, it's a big monster in your mind. But what if it didn't have to be this hard? And just kind of walking yourself through the what ifs, Mm -hmm. opening up possibilities and making it less, making the boogeyman less big. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we do. We did this a lot in business where. Something scare us like we've never done that before. You know, eventually you feel like a badass because you figured out so many things. And in reality, it's just one little thing after the other. And you just have to watch a YouTube video and all of a sudden you have a new skill. You know, it's a lot of times it really isn't that scary. I think it's 
breaking it down into those smaller steps of what it would look like to make this shift or this change or build this thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes, you're right. Breaking it into smaller steps, trusting that all you got to do is take the first step and then the next step. And it's like the path will appear under your feet, even though you don't know the how right now, your job is to know the what and the why. And let the how to the universe or God or, you know, however, because oftentimes we get stuck into the, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Just trust, you know, remember a time in your life where you made, you made a decision or you made a commitment, whatever it is, like, you know, you decided to go to university and get a degree. You knew what you wanted and you knew why you wanted it. You didn't know how, but the how came along the way and you figured it out along the way it's it's it was never for us to figure it out all in advance that we can see till the end of earth and the end of our life that we're like oh yeah yeah i know it's gonna work it's like no have that vision in your mind of where you want to go it's like you're plugging into your gps know what and why you want to do this and let the how go and have faith and surrender and trust yourself and it's that's been in my life it's been some of the most powerful moves that I've done in my business and my health and my personal relationships, um, even as a hang glider pilot. When I go fly hang glider, I, I know what, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm going to fly. I know why I want to fly. And the how is, is not for me to figure. It's like, it's going to, it's going to manifest itself as I go. I know I'm going to walk towards the cliff. I'm going to feel the wind, the wind in my wing. I'm going to align my body position and I'm going to feel so the how will just come to itself. And same thing in the air. You know, I don't know how I'm going to stay up. I know there's clouds, there's thermals, and I the how will come as I go. Oh, I'll feel this bump. Okay, I'm going to circle into this warm, rising air. Okay, listen to my instrument. All right, I'll follow this bird. Okay, go there. So the how is just the journey, and I get to enjoy the journey, enjoy the how instead of thinking the how uh, live the how and enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, what beautiful. a beautiful visualization. I heard something the other day that said you pave your own path one step at a time. If you can see the path in front of you, you're on the wrong path. So, Ooh. Ooh. I like that. Yeah. We Ooh. talk about our company as in we're laying bricks. You know, we don't know what the wall is going to look like or the yellow brick road that we're laying these bricks on, but each day we're just like, what feels true what message can we deliver that we feel is helping us in our journey of becoming a better human or growing or getting more fit or whatever it may be that day. Mm -hmm. And we're just sharing it and it's just truth to us now. And it, it's, it's paving this path that we didn't even know, like you said, we didn't even know what it was going to turn into and it's turning into something beautiful. But we clear on the why and to your point, the how is just going as we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted to share that a lot of times people, when they're feeling tired or in pain or with suboptimal relationships or they're not feeling on purpose, a lot of people tend to take that as their normal and they forget that this is not normal or they think, oh, I'm just advancing in age. So it's normal that I have aches and pains. No, it's not. So I would like to wake up the people and say, no, there is something more. And to not wait until a debilitating illness like cancer or heart attack or, um, or an accident to, to actually realize that and to want that for yourself. And let, let not this suboptimal life be the normal. I don't know how to say it other than everybody deserves an amazing life. And I know that it took an illness for me to, to realize how much having energy mattered and how I'm so grateful to this day. It's been, you know, it's been five years that I'm, you know, I'm realizing, wow, I did all of this and I regained my health and my strength. And I have evidence every day that I'm getting better and better and better. You know, my hair has never been this thick and I can fly three hours, my hang glider, which was un unthinkable three years ago. And I have muscle strength and I can work all day and, and not have to crash in the afternoon. And it's just appreciating these little things, knowing there's always more. But don't let some suboptimal, crappy energy, oh, another cigarette, don't let that be the norm for you. 
Well, Catherine, thank you so much for being with us today. You are so inspiring and I know I want to work with you. <laughs> I know other people are going to too. So for those uh, who would love to reach out, where can they find you? Yes. Uh, so my website is www.catherinegagnon.ca. So it's C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-G-A-G-N-O-N.ca. And I always offer a, um, an initial discovery session because, you know, before we, we, we get into a, a work like this, I, I like to have a good idea of where you're at. So in, in the session that we do, it's a, it's a one hour, it's truly transformational, uh, whether we work together or not afterwards. But we really uncover what's stopping you or slowing you down from having, you know, the vitality and the life that you want. We discover what mindsets and, and habits have been silently sabotaging your success and your goals. We create a powerful vision for what your life with full vitality in all aspects, what that looks like. And we construct a step-by-step plan to move you forward. So this is, I have a calendar link that I can uh, give you guys. It's going to be below the podcast where people can book um, a session like this. And it's always very transformational. So we'll have the link where people can find you and connect with you on our blog linked from their show notes. And then also we just remind our listeners that you can find us on all social channels uh, at Gold Ivy Health Co. All right, now it's time for the three gold stars. All right, Catherine, what you got for us? All right, so gold stars first, start by becoming your own detective and take yourself into your mind-body laboratory because as we talked about it, once you become aware of something, you cannot unsee it, right? So just notice what gives you energy, what rubs your energy, to start making small changes at a time. Really, that's, you know, that's what it is, small changes. Number two is right longing, wrong medicine. So when you're about to sabotage or eat something or do something you know isn't good for you, just pause and ask yourself, how do I feel? What do I need right now? So you can practice finding a different strategy to fulfill the underlying need because the need is very valid. It's relevant. Oftentimes people invalidate the need because the strategy you've used to fulfill it was dysfunctional, but you want to recognize the need and then just find another strategy for it. So right longing, wrong medicine. And the third gold star is stop tolerating, tolerating pain and things that are leaking your energy. Like it's okay to leave a party or a space or a person because you don't jazz with the vibe. Nobody came on earth to suffer and we're here to have the best time of our life, literally. So choosing you and your well-being is the most generous act that you can do because not only you, you get to feel good, but the world around you would benefit from getting the best version of you. So time, you know, you don't get time back. I love that. I'm getting emotional. I'm thinking of people listening to this that need that permission that you just gave them to just live your best life. I think we can't say it enough that time, you can't get it back. It's so Mm -hmm. true. I'm so glad that you just said that the way that you said it. So thank you. All right. So unleashing Ivy, we have three rapid fire questions for you, which you can talk our ear off. I don't even care if you answer them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Catherine, what's one thing that helps you cultivate energy on a daily basis? Oh my goodness. Um, On a daily basis, I have to say it is as simple as sleep. I used to think that sleep was a loss of my time because I, I wanted to live five lives in one. I had such an urgency of living and I wanted to pack my days with as many things as possible so that if I die tomorrow morning, I'd be happy of the last day I spent on earth. So sleeping was a loss of, of time for me. And I was burning the candle by both ends. And it is so simple. But yet, when I go to sleep at 10 o'clock, I'm like superwoman the next day. I'm invincible. I can do anything. And it's not been always easy. Even, you know, up to last night, it wasn't easy to go to bed at 10. There's, there's been something, you know, oh, I got to finish this task or I've got this or that going on. But when I just say, okay, screw it, it's 9.30, I shut everything down, no more light, no more screen, I brush my teeth, I power down, and by 10 o'clock, we're closing the light, no more talking with my husband. Oh my goodness, I feel invincible. And it's so simple. And it's something that 
up until last night, I was still struggling with from time to time, but it makes a huge difference. The, the hours you get between 10 and 12, my dad always said this to me, and I found this to be true. And actually, um, my studies in Ayurveda has found that to be true, is that the hours that you sleep between 10 and 12, it's like they're worth double for recharging your uh, your energy and uh, and your you know your brain because you detoxify a lot of your brain at night consolidate uh, consolidate the learnings from the day that you know whatever you've learned and there's different tasks that the body has to do throughout the night so when you get those two hours it's like you're giving yourself a lottery ticket for for that night yeah say no more (laughs) i'm doing it that's awesome okay next question Catherine. when you're really struggling with self-limiting beliefs what's one thing that steers you in a positive direction um, it's asking my, myself the question, is it true? Mm. And that's from uh, Byron Katie's work. Yeah. You know, is that true? And then um, kind of taking myself into this process of like, okay, you know, because I have this awareness now. And if I can't take all of my hacking tools to put myself into another uh, state or, you know, I write the reasons why this is not true why the opposite of that limiting belief is true like okay yeah I can't do this no I have evidence that I've been able to do this and that and this and that and if I can't figure it out myself or because I feel like it's somebody else's baggage like from previous lives or you know past lives or previous generations I just call some of my coaching friends and say can you run me through this and just let's rewire this because I can't do it by myself <laughs> that's a great strategy. ask for help yep for sure. I love it. All right. Last question. What is one thing you wish you would have known sooner? Ooh. Oh, that's a great question. Well, that permission that I gave in the third gold star that, you know, my time here on this planet, not that it, I want to see it limited, but that I won't recover yesterday. So will my future person of tomorrow be happy with the choice that I'm making today and to give myself permission to stop a conversation that doesn't feel good and to leave a partnership you know not waiting three years to leave the partnership Um, so giving myself permission to choose me and actually do it yeah oh I just got chills (laughs) so good well we could listen to you talk all day. Right. <laughs> but aren't we mindful of your time? Again, thank you so, so much for being with us today. Yes, we like to leave our listeners with a piece of gold. So this is a quote that speaks to you. So Catherine, would you like to do the honor? Yes. Thank you. And thank you so much to be uh, for having me. It's been such an honor and a pleasure and so much fun to be with you. Uh, so the quote is, when you feel good, you do good. Imagine what world we would live in or we will live in when everybody feels awesome in their body, clear and peaceful in their mind so that they can be contributing their unique gifts into the world and realize their wildest dreams. This is Gold Ivy signing off. Listen to your truth and go chase your gold. (laughs) 